We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. For week three, we may have the running back apocalypse. Uh, it used to be the tight end po- apocalypse. Now we're moving on to that. We've got uh, Drew Dravenport from Football Guys, the uh, fantasy football lawyer, and his uh, auction brief podcast. All coming next on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. everybody thanks for joining us today on the rotowire fantasy football podcast jeff erickson here with drew davenport you can follow drew on twitter at drew davenport ff of course you can check out his patreon fantasy football lawyer uh and his uh show the auction brief podcast and of course uh you know originally with footballguys.com as well drew thank you so much for spending some time with us today often i have you on talking auction strategy Uh, i just want to get like a in-season discussion with you this time love it i appreciate the invite i'm ready to go all right. Well, this is this is a hard week. I already feel like, you know, every week's hard. Every week's weird. I get that. You know, me and Scott Pianowski say that all the time, but it's hard this week. It's really difficult this week. A lot of our challenges, I mean, a lot of our assumptions have been challenged. Uh, and we have a lot of like uncertainties and starting right off with my Bengals and Joe Burrow at quarterback. Uh oh. Yep. I lost you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I lost you. Sorry about that. Yeah. Burrow, I'll tell you what, when I watched him week one, I was willing to give him a pass yeah. because of the weather. And it was just a weird game where they got down. Um, but you know, his, his numbers just absolutely look terrible. It speaks to the fact that he was still struggling with that injury. Pro football reference has him 27th and adjusted net yards per attempt. So he just doesn't look like himself. His receivers are struggling because of it. Mm-hmm. It's just an all-around bad situation there. Yeah, and I was reading up, you know, they they altered the play calling just to account for him missing the time, easing his way back. You could see him, like, in, in week one against the Browns on the sidelines, having him, like, attend a to his leg uh, during, like, any time they're on a break and all that. And then after the last touchdown last week against the Ravens, he hobbles off. They say he tweaks the calf, and he, his status is up in the air uh, for Monday night. Uh, and there you go. It's Monday night. So on one hand, you get the extra day to heal. But on the other hand, yeah. you don't have many pivots at all. Uh, you know, at least there's two Monday night games instead of one. But I'm kind of operating under the assumption this week we're not going to have them. I think that's probably safe to say. And unfortunately, 
I'm operating under the assumption that he's going to be down for a little while. Agreed. I don't know that IR is a possibility, although I don't think it's it's uh, impossible. But I do think that a couple weeks is within the realm. And you know when we heard them say, uh, who was it? Uh, Jamar Chase um, said before the season, we don't need you back till week five. It was one of those things where we perked our ears up and we thought, oh, well, that's just a player talking. But, you know, these things linger, and a wet field in Cleveland was just a horrible start to the season. 100%. I don't know how you can have any confidence right now in the Bengals. And, you know, they picked up Cooper Rush, but he's still third. And mm -hmm. so it's Browning at this point. I don't know what kind of faith to have in him, but maybe if he can push the ball down the field, maybe it's going to be a net, you know, uh, a net positive for Jamar Chase because right now, his targets and his uh, numbers are look look terrible. Yeah, and that Chase comment's instructive. He took an extra week last year. Remember when he came back from his injury? He he sat out the Tennessee game, took that extra week, and that was totally the right call. And it's almost always the right call when you think about it. There, especially mm -hmm. with lower extremity injuries like that, uh, you see that all the time. And and like you alluded to, going into that weather against the Browns front four, no less see Irv Smith whiffing on that block on the very first play. And you're like, oh boy, this is the sort of game it's going to be again in Cleveland. It seems like it's always that way in Cleveland. Um, yeah, it's just bad, bad news all around. And I think if Burrow does play, he's going to be compromised again. Uh, I think he'll be compromised for a while. I I mean, this could last till December. I sure hope that they do the right thing here. Yeah. And that's that's what, what you're saying about it lasting till December. I just can't stand – I understand the pressure. I really – well, I shouldn't say I understand it. I'm not in that situation. But mm -hmm. I get the pressure to want to get back on the field. I totally get that part of it. But somebody in the room has to be an adult and say, you can't go out there so that they can just get it under control. The problem is I don't know what that means for under control. I mean, a month, six weeks? I mean, what are we talking about here? I, I wish we had some more clarity, but Zach Taylor's not going to give that to us. No, of course not. Um, most coaches don't. And lot, lot, many of them straight up lie to us too. So uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't don't have a whole lot of trust there. I love seeing the questions in the chat. We'll hit those up towards the end of the podcast. Thanks for throwing those in there. Unless it's directly on what we're talking about at the moment. Uh, we'll hit up like trade questions and the like at the end here. Uh, let's talk, stay in the state of Ohio. Let's talk a little uh, Deshaun Watson. I think they're pretty mixed results so far with him. I like how mobile he looks. I don't think his throwing is consistently accurate. Um, I know they kind of blame the weather for the first game, but I saw some bad underthrows in that first game. And then Monday night, we saw some baffling decisions, um, bad throws, fumbles. I mean, the second fumble, I was just a good pass rush, but still kind of like this is I, I'm not completely sold on him right now. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I expected to come out and see like a little bit of rust, but some progress. But I don't know that I've even seen that progress. Because mm -hmm. some of the throws that he made, and in and, and week one, he threw some one-hoppers at his receivers. And I thought, okay, well, maybe that's getting back into it. That's the rain. You know, there's some kind of uh, things that you could say that give him an excuse. But again, what are we seeing where there's any progress? I'm not seeing the progress I want to see. And again, going back to one of my favorite quarterback stats, and that's pro football reference um, adjusted net yards per attempt. Deshaun Watson, 26th in the league, just terrible. And he had moments on uh, Monday where he could make plays. Now, I I will say this about Watson in his first two weeks. If these were weeks like seven and eight, and he had been playing a little bit better up until this point, we might not panic as much. 
He had a weird weather game week one and a blowout. Mm -hmm. And then week two, he gets to go to Pittsburgh. Uh, I think I saw a stat that they haven't lost on Monday night since like 1991 or something like that. So that's a tough spot. And and that's a ball hawking defense with a good pass rush. Right. But so I'm willing to say, okay, let's look a little bit further. And, and here's, here's where the rubber meets the road for me with Watson. He's got Tennessee this week. Tennessee is a true pass funnel at this point. You can't run on them, and and they're just giving everything up through the air. And it's pretty easy for teams to throw on them. So if I don't see Watson and Cooper have a nice, um, you know, mesh here for for 100 yards for Cooper and a couple touchdowns for Watson, I'm going to be legitimately concerned for the rest of the season. 100%. And it comes off the heels of last year where he looked terrible. And like mm-hmm. six, like five out of the six starts, you know, he, he looked really awful. Um, and so I, I can understand the angst. He does show a connection with Cooper. I will say that that's one thing. If you have Amari Cooper, you're probably okay. I mean, he had a pretty good game on Monday night, despite being questionable in the game time decision. Looked actually pretty good, all things considered. So, I mean, th- there is some cost for optimism. And the pick six obviously wasn't his fault. That went right off of Harrison Bryant's hands. Bryant dropped another one early on in that game, too. He needs a little help there. Najoku fumbled on his own. That was another one that's not up. Can't pin on Watson too. These are all big plays in that game. Yeah, and I was scrambling to find Watson's on-target percentage here mm-hmm. because I had I'd forgotten to look it up, but I'm not seeing him show up here in the accuracy rankings here for quarterbacks. I don't know why that is. Oh, I'm on the wrong season. This is great. This is <laughs> live great. podcasting. All right. Right. Live <laughs> podcasting. I know you're, but I just, I know that time. this percentage is going to be terrible. Yeah. Here it is 24th, 63.8% on target percentage. Just terrible. He He's just not getting the ball out. Oh, I'm sorry. He's 32nd. He is dead last, folks, in on target throw percentage at this point. That wow. is just, uh, that's mind numbing for a guy who has had elite throwing ability in the past so we really got to see something against tennessee or it's time to hit the panic button agreed agreed i mean at least he's mobile that helps another guy that we have to consider the panic button is justin fields two awful looking starts so far no very Mm. few designed runs i think there was two designed runs against tampa bay in the first quarter and they didn't have one the rest of the game uh, he lost his left tackle, Braxton Jones, uh, went on the IR today, uh, the, for- the short-term IR at least. Uh, his left guard's out also. He's criticizing the play calling. There's not a lot of happy things going on in Chicago, and that's and we haven't even gotten to the uh, defensive coordinator situation there. It is a mess, and I don't know how this gets better. This is not one of those things where I feel like we have some history, like with Watson, okay, can we see something at some point? Or Burrow's injured. These, It's just... We've never seen it from Fields at a high level. When he went off and went nuclear last year, it was really more about his rushing production and how the offense looked better because he could run the ball. We haven't seen him be a good passer on an NFL level yet. So I know that there's a lot of argument about all this, but when it really comes down to it, just very quite simply, what have we seen that tells us that he can succeed as an NFL passer? We haven't seen that. And again, I'll, I'll fall back on my pro football reference stat. He's tw- he's 30th in the league in adjusted net yards per attempt. It just is not there right now. His um, accuracy is not much better than Deshaun Watson's. He checks in at 24th with 70% on target percentage. I just, I'm not seeing it for fields. And in this situation, for fantasy, I think I'm okay because 
I don't, he's not a situation where he's got a short leash and they're just going to pull him. So I think for fantasy, he's fine. But I think that the book has been written already. I think the jury is in on, on Justin Fields and his future as an NFL passer. That's depressing to find out. Uh, and this after they traded away the first overall pick. And I actually was in favor of the trade at the time. I actually thought that was the right thing. I thought I saw enough from him last year to be enthusiastic. And, and man, I couldn't be more wrong so far. Uh, yeah. It, and then now they hit the Chiefs on the road. This is a tough spot. This is a very tough spot. It is, especially when it's he's a guy who takes a lot of sacks. Yep. And we saw last week how big of a difference it makes having uh, Chris Jones back. Absolutely. And how much he was able to pressure uh, the quarterback last week. So this is a terrible spot for Fields. I know that that for fantasy purposes, maybe we can say, great, uh, you know, he's going to have to keep up with Patrick Mahomes and and the Bears' defense is atrocious. But that's about all you can say positive because this is a rough spot for a guy who takes a lot of sacks. Yeah. A lot of people are going to take Kansas City and Survivor this week. I, I don't blame them. Um, just a question like what contest you're in. Like I'm in the Circuit Survivor contest where we have to have the special Christmas Day slate as its own week. And the Chiefs are one of the viable options with a home game against the uh, Raiders uh, on that three-day slate. So, Oh, boy. Yeah. But there's, the Eagles are also home against the Giants. And then the Niners have a viable game as well so there are te- there are there are pivots but and you, you hate to save teams in survivor but at the same time oh you know this is this is mm-hmm. a this is a pretty sweet spot here it's it's tough to pass it up i'll, I'll say that much uh it's it's all not negative it's not all negative here uh let's talk matthew stafford this is a guy i i have i'm only negative because i have some regret that i wasn't on stafford more i was more concerned about the health and losing cooper cup but he looks good he looks spry i saw him scrambling last week um <laughs> You know, this this looks like the, the version that the Rams traded for. Yeah, one of the more surprising developments is every time I look up at a Rams game, he's running. Yeah. So I don't know what that's about, but I love it because he does look rejuvenated. I think that we should have made more of this, and I did mention it a couple times, but I'm not going to sit here and pat myself on the back for putting up the alarm because um, I didn't talk about it enough. But one of the things that we didn't talk about was last year his reps were really managed. They, the elbow was really bothering him last year. Mm-hmm. And he just came into the season last year with fewer reps, more injury issues. And last year was Sean McVay's worst as a coach uh, offensively. So we should have talked about the fact that regression for Sean McVay meant that offense was going to be better than it was last year. And the fact that Stafford's reps were not managed this summer. In fact, he practiced a lot. And there was no mention of the fact that this elbow injury that lingered last year has had any problems this year. So we all missed that, I think. And right now, Pro Football Focus has Matthew Stafford as the sixth best quarterback graded out right now in the NFL. And I'm buying it because he has a trio coming together here in a couple weeks with... Puka Nakua, the rookie that we've all been talking about, Cooper Cup coming back, and then also Tutu Atwell is somebody that people aren't talking about enough. The guy's got 17 targets and almost 200 yards in two games. Atwell's playing very well. I won't mention Van Jefferson because he's one of the guys that I thought was going to pick up the mm. slack, but he hasn't. Um, but, you know, Matthew Stafford, I tweeted out week one, I'm watching him play against Seattle, and I tweeted out, uh-oh, we all forgot Matthew Stafford is hashtag good at football. And it, it sounds stupid, but it's like, you know, we can right. get carried away with the narratives in the summer. And I think we have a, a tendency to double, triple count things. 
and just be like, oh, that offense is going to be terrible. Now Cup's hurt, and then now this, and now this. And yeah. Now. And all of a sudden, we've pushed a guy way down who really shouldn't be that far down because we end up double or triple counting. He's Matthew not Stafford bonding is, with his young teammates. He right. I know. Doesn't he doesn't know their names. Them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all that. It's just it's just silly. And and I, we all missed it. And, hey, here we are. But I think he has the chance to be a really good streaming option going forward. With that trio, boy, oh, boy, that looks like a good uh, offense. I think this is the week you have to pick him up, too. I, I don't think you can wait for more proof. I think this is one of, you know, wait for proof costs you leagues. Um, and I think this is the week that you have to do that. I mean, especially football. Baseball, mm-hmm. you, you, it's a longer game and all that, et cetera. Football, mm-hmm. you have to go big and you have to go early. You have to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. And people in my home leagues, it's kind of funny. I, I get the reputation of being a guy who really turns my roster a lot. Um, and that's not always the case, but it is often. And because I believe in that, that you got to be aggressive early and saving my fab for week seven doesn't make a lot of sense for me. If there's guys who are impact players that can help me now and Matthew Stafford and that offense has been a fantasy goldmine for the early waiver wire. Indeed. John Rubright says, I just dropped Watson for Stafford. Hope I wasn't too impatient. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, this is a, you know, this is like a good test week on that for Watson, as you alluded to. Uh, with the, that pass funnel, the Titans, but at the same time, I mean, you're Stafford's not going to be around next week. I mean, people are going to grab him. I have a league where I've got Burrow and Richardson. Like, I need to get oh. another quarterback in this league. Yeah. I mean, Richardson was out there, and I only took him because of the upside. And I was like, oh, I really struck gold. Two two rushing touchdowns, and now he's got a concussion uh, mm-hmm. and all that. So, well, the good thing for you is that's usually a one week thing. Usually, usually, um, usually. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, the thing is, though, I need to be prepared. Um, I need to, you need to have somebody, um, and Stafford's the perfect pivot. You know, he, they play each other that game. Uh, so yes. Uh, that, and that, Hunter, Hunter Renfro has entered the chat too. So when he got a concussion last year, he was out like five weeks. Right. So right. We don't know how that's going to go. Exactly. Exactly. We, sometimes we think that, and it, 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 sometimes it's the most innocuous looking thing. Richardson played two series after the hit that got, gave him the concussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it sounds like he self-reported. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, you never know. Um, we have the the toughest week in running backs, I think, in a really long time. But before we talk about that, you got to share a couple of commercial notes with our listeners here um, and appreciate your patience on that. Uh, our first no- uh, note is from our friends at Rival Fantasy. If you're looking to, for a place to play head-to-head fantasy football games without the huge tournaments, salary caps are complicated game types, then Rival Fantasy is where you want to play this NFL season. From a twist on a classic game with Fantasy Bingo, where players generate a lineup to compete, complete achievements and get bingo, to head-to-head Fantasy Challenges, where you'll pick which of two players score more fantasy points, this is the best of fantasy sports. For the 2023 NFL season, Rival Fantasy is offering new users a $200 deposit match plus a $25 first play voucher. Rival Fantasy is so confident you'll love the experience, they're giving you money to play out of the gate. Experience the future of fantasy sports on Rival Fantasy and become a rival today. Also, we are sponsored by Better Vision. I think we can all agree that fantasy sports are awesome. So is daily fantasy sports and sports betting. That's why I have so many accounts. What's not awesome is going to a bunch of different apps, find the best odds, and manage all of your fantasy lineups. Enter Better Vision. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Vision. Better Vision is the only app that syncs all your fantasy, DFS, and sportsbook accounts in one place. We only show you the best odds for every bet, so you'll always get the best value. 
And our dashboard is the only one-stop shop to track all your fantasy matchups, DFS picks, and bets. Use bettervision.us to download Better Vision today. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Drew Davenport. You can check out Drew's Patreon at Fantasy Football Lawyer. Check that out, please. Uh, and you get you get a look at what Drew is doing. He's putting out a ton of good content. Uh, let's talk running backs, Drew. I'm responsible for doing our value meter. It's our rankings, uh, weekly rankings each week. I've been doing it for over you know, almost two decades now. Um, and this week is one of the toughest weeks I've ever had at ranking running backs. Uh, between injuries and non-performance and yeah. just timeshare, I'm at a loss in some of these situations. Yeah, well, it's just been a um, it's been one of those seasons where, gosh, I can't even believe we're heading into week three, and the number of top running backs that have gone down already is absolutely brutal. And not only that, but some of the replacements, like you said, are in timeshares. We don't know which side of the timeshare they're going to be on. Um, mm-hmm. See Justice Hill and Gus Edwards, that kind of thing. And on top of that, even some of these guys we're picking up now, they're stepping into brutal situations or brutal matchups where we can't even plug them in. Yep. So it's all just it's a it's a mess. I'm happy to talk about any one of those situations, whatever uh, you know you think is going to interest people. Well, let's make this Cleveland cast. I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, okay. Nick yeah. Chubb went down and brutal injury and same knee as he hurt in college. Uh, the less said about the actual injury, the better. But he's out for the year. Jerome Ford looked good. He was the clear backup. Then Cleveland went and signed Kareem Hunt, a uh, one-year deal. He's familiar with the team, probably should have a short ramp-up period, at least in terms of knowing the plays, maybe not in terms of football shape. We'll see about that. But what? And, and then they play Tennessee, which for all the talk about them being a great team to use their quarterback against, it's an awful team to use your running back against. Mm-hmm. That's my main problem. I, I actually tweeted out yesterday, go pick up Jerome Ford and then put him on your bench. Yeah, but I, I think it's true. I th- one of the things that I heard a couple weeks ago that's just sticking with me is somebody was talking about Kadarius Tony and said, you know, I'd rather have his upside on my bench than someone else's bench, and it doesn't mean you want to play him, but you want him on your bench, and that's kind of how I feel about Ford. I don't want to back off just because his short term schedule doesn't look great, but yeah, he faces the Titans this week, who I don't want to start any running back against. And then he goes to to the Ravens the following week. They have a pretty good run defense as mm-hmm. well. And then he goes on by and comes back to the Niners. So it nice. is absolutely brutal for the next month for Jerome Ford. He's basically not usable. And that's so frustrating because you have to drop this monstrous portion of your cap or your fab cap. And, and here's my problem. We've seen this time and time again. And this is an experience thing. And it's anecdotal, so I don't want anybody, you know, cr- uh, crushing me for this. But in situations like this, where now he's got a competition with Kareem Hunt, and then they've got Pierre Strong there, these situations oftentimes lend themselves to more of the passing down back, the guy who's going to be in the game catching short passes. That's a sort of a substitute for the run game. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is the team they shouldn't do this, but they get an odd take on this running back like oh ford struggled and we put him in and he struggled for two games and said oh this is more of a committee now if he were to come in against a weak run defense like say chicago or something like that and just crush it then they might say all right he's our guy but i'm afraid that by the time we get past this next month the three tough matchups in the bye that we may have a full-blown committee 
and that certainly worries me. I'm not worried about Kareem Hunt, the player. I'm worried about what the coaching staff's going to think when Ford doesn't produce on the ground like maybe they think he should. I think that's a great consideration. Um, uh, you know, I, 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 it's kind of the Joshua Kelly issue here as well. Like, mm-hmm. are they going to turn to, you know, Dotson a little bit more because Kelly's struggling against Tennessee? Or are they going to let him go against Minnesota? Eckler didn't practice today. We'll see about the, what mm-hmm. happens there. But, you know, when Brandon Staley says that Eckler has no, quote unquote, no timetable for his return, that can be interpreted various different ways. It can be a, it can be skewed negatively, or it can be like, I just don't want to be put on a date. We have an interesting development just now. Ooh. Cam Akers has been traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Dun, dun, dun. There goes my Ty, Shan- Ty Chandler speculation play. There, yeah, but... yeah. Well, um, yeah, Josh Kelly this past week, I was really hoping to see them use him in the passing game a little bit mm-hmm. to offset that tough run matchup but he has not been used in the passing game. When he steps in for Austin Eckler, they don't use him the same way. And that's super frustrating because that's a large part of the value that Eckler has. Through two games, Kelly has two targets and no catches. And so I want to use him this week against Minnesota, and I think there's a ton of volume there, but if they're not giving him the passing work, there's really limited upside there, and he really makes more of a flex play than an RB2 even, and that's frustrating. Agreed. Uh, they threw to him on the second play of the game against Tennessee last week, and it was a not an easy catch, but it's a catch a really good pass catching mm-hmm. back makes. Uh, was Over a little his, behind yeah, him, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. He, you know, and some of that is just turning your body, getting right. getting positioned to being in that right position, so you don't have to go behind you. Um, right. And I felt like they after that, there's like okay, the, he's not Eckler. A reminder, he's not Eckler. Okay, and then they kind of went away from that. Uh, after that yeah so I'm concerned about that that's kind of the same thing you know that i was talking about with ford yep like if the if they don't see it right away they go i don't know he can't do it and i it's like the aaron Rodgers thing if he throws at one of these rookies and they don't catch it then he just goes yeah i, I don't have any confidence in that anymore mm-hmm. and i think they throw to kelly right away he makes a nice catch he cuts up field for nine yards maybe that becomes part of the plan exactly. he didn't catch that ball and it was over and now what do we do because right uh, Minnesota's not an overly tough matchup, but uh, if he goes in there and gets 15 carries for 70 yards, but doesn't catch a pass and doesn't score, again, I don't, I don't, I don't want to mess with that. Right. But the problem is, with so many backs down this week, I mean, your mm-hmm. alternatives are pretty paltry. Uh, yeah. Barkley's declared out. Matt Breida against the Niners without their left tackle and left guard. No thanks. I mean, <laughs> do I start yeah. Rashawn Johnson because he's ascendant? But no left tackle, no left guard against the Chiefs. I don't know. Right. You know there's there, there's the, the these all these O line injuries too that are hitting us pretty hard already this season too. Yeah, it's been pretty brutal. Um, Houston, same thing. They're having yeah. O line problems, and yep. Damian Pierce is is struggling because of it. So, yeah, I don't want to play Brida either. And that's another guy that he stepped in um, is going to be the RB one for the Giants this week. But but do we care? You know, I mean, I don't know how much they're going to really lean on Matt Breida this week. So, Mm -hmm. gosh, it's just, it is tough. And like you allude to, because of the number of guys that you can't rely on or that are down or hurt, Kelly is still an RB2 this week. But um, it's, and, and, you know, there's upside there with the touchdown upside. So I don't want to talk about it as though I think there's no reason to play him. There's There absolutely is. He is an RB2, and there is touchdown upside in this offense. Yeah, there is. 
Uh, so you mentioned Cam Makers getting traded to the Vikes. Let's talk about that real quick. Uh, mm -hmm. I think this is a vote of no confidence in Alexander Madison. Uh, I really do. Um, they, they felt like they needed to get another one, another running back there. They added Miles Gaskin right after he got cut by the Dolphins. Uh, Madison's, I mean, Madison looked terrible in week one, not just week two. Uh, I, I think that that's going to be, I don't think Akers gets much this week, but he's going to be part of the picture. Yeah, I absolutely think so. And your take on it is what I would take away from it, that they have been looking for another guy. And I don't think that means that Madison is suddenly an afterthought. It just means that I think that we're looking at more of a committee. And certainly if somebody comes in and does what they want him to do, I don't think they're going to have any problem moving away from Madison into a more of a um, backup role. Right. The one thing that I look at with these types of guys is what's their rush yards over expected and that's a next-gen stats um, number. Unfortunately, they've got the worst in the NFL, Cam Akers, uh, minus 1.94 yards per attempt over expected. And then just ahead of him is one Alexander Madison, sixth <laughs> worst in the NFL. So yeah. I'm not sure that they've fixed the problem by going to uh, the plotter Cam Akers, but I – the one thing that I saw with Cam Akers, and this is just something that I noticed as I'm watching, he looked different in that four to six game stretch at the end of last year. Yeah, he he ran with purpose. He ran north-south. He hit the holes hard. What I saw in week one really concerned me, and I was a guy who was pushing Akers as a perfect RB3 because of his price, and I saw the same guy that got him in trouble so I think that what this ended up being, and this is purely speculation, but this is an educated best guess based on what I saw week one. I think that the Rams told him, this is the type of runner you are and the type of runner we need in our system, and you have to run like that. And he goes up to the line against Seattle, and he's he's doing this. He's moving side to side, yep. and he's not hitting the holes, and he's not going forward. Whereas Kyron Williams takes that handoff like, a, like, a, uh, like he's shot out of a cannon, even if it's not the right hole, he's hitting it. He's hitting it hard. And that's what they want in L.A. And Akers wasn't doing that. And he looks so tentative and he looks slow. I think that has to be why he's not there anymore. I hope that changes in Minnesota. But if he's the same runner, I don't know that Minnesota is going to improve his situation that much. But, hey, if you've got Akers in a deep league, you have to hold him at this point and see if he's rejuvenated maybe getting out of that building and getting a change of scenery, maybe the scheme, um, the concepts there work for acres better. And maybe he gets in a situation where he feels more comfortable and he takes that lead role. I think you can't dump him in, in deeper leagues, but in shallow leagues, I don't know why you're holding on to acres at this point anyway. Yeah. Um, question the forum. Do you drop Madison now? No, I, I don't yet, No, but yeah. I mean, it's not great. I also don't want to start him. That's that's the problem. I mean, it, it's in that perfect uh, spot of where he, he could he could have his wake up call like Akers did. This is Akers' second mm -hmm. wake up call. That's why I'm kind of skeptical about that uh, working out. But <laughs> usually, usually one's enough if you're going to succeed. So two is probably not going to do it. Kyron mm -hmm. uh, Williams to the moon now, though. I mean, he already is to the moon. I mean, he he's the, yeah. he he saw all but like one snap last week. You know, Ronnie Rivers came in, gave him one carry, and then it was back to Kyron Williams. They're throwing it to him. I have him as a top ten back this week against the Bengals. Uh, I mean, there, how many how many backs can we count on the volume? There's not that many. No, and, and that's you know, I'm hearing people starting to nitpick at Kyron Williams, and it kind of makes me laugh. 
one of the guys that uh, that I've uh, you know has been picking away at Williams this week is is uh, Matt Waldman, and I love Matt. Matt I mm-hmm. trust Matt, and uh, you know, yeah, he's great. football guys trust Matt. Um, impl- uh, you know, implicitly. So I, I, when he says something, I listen. And his comment about Kyron Williams is he's just not, he doesn't profile as the type of guy who can carry the ball for an entire season. But then he went on to say, well, guys like Justin Forsett have done it and proven that it can be done over a over a season. He doesn't believe in him long term, sure. uh, but that that's more of a dynasty call. I think for the rest of the season, they found what they want. I don't see them doing a whole lot. Now, I think it's certainly possible because they don't seem to be very excited about Zach Evans. So I think that it's very possible they go out and end up with a, a guy like a Fournette or somebody like that because Ronnie Rivers profiles the same way Kyron Williams does as more of a more slight back yep. who is more of a scat back or change of pace. And I think Kyron Williams is going to get the chance to do it going forward. We've seen immense confidence in him at this point. We just have to ride it. And I think that nitpicking away at what he may or may not be in six weeks, it just isn't worth it. Pile up the wins now, put them in your lineup, and uh, you know go with it. And if we see some development that they're going to start to take it easy on him, or they want to bring in somebody, then we'll react at that time. But for now, you got to treat him for what he is. I agree. Uh, one more running back uh, situation. Uh, two actually. I got two more. One, Aaron Jones didn't practice mm-hmm. again today. A.J. Dillon, in a a pretty decent mashup with most of the volume, came up extremely short last week against Atlanta. I I was very disappointed in what he did. I I, I mean, I don't think he's – I didn't have the highest expectations, but I thought if there was ever a week to start him, it was last week. And Hmm. like that third and run, third and one run very late in the game could have sold the game away, and he just like stumbled into the line. Like, you're a big guy. You're Quadzilla. Come Mm -hmm. on, show it. I don't get. I don't know what's going on with AJ Dillon. I have no answers. Um, going back to the next gen stats, he's fifth worst in the NFL and rush, rush yards over expected per attempt, minus one point two two yards per attempt. That's just an awful number. Mm-hmm. So last week he had a chance to show it. He gets fifteen carries, only gets fifty five yards. He only catches one pass. And one of the things that I really was interested in Dillon for was the fact that Aaron Jones is 29 years old and gets banged up. And we saw it right away. He pulls a hamstring. That's what happens with 29-year-old backs. Mm-hmm. And I, we have seen in the past that they're willing to give Dylan the bell cow role when Jones is out. And so he gets 16 opportunities, and, and he can only muster 63 total yards and no touchdowns and just one reception. Super disappointing. 7.3 PPR points when Aaron Jones is out of the game is just not going to cut it. Now he goes in uh, and has to face a tough New Orleans run defense. Yep. So I just, Dylan at this point for me, in anything other than 14 and 16 team leagues, I don't believe he even belongs on a roster at this point. He's been so bad. And he, let's, uh, you know, see Akers, Cam. I don't know what the heck is happening with his running style at this point. I'm not good enough to break down the film. That's not my thing. But when I watch him, it's almost like he's hurt. Or there's something going on because he looks freaking slow. He looks terrible. I don't. I don't know what's going on. Um, both Acres and Dylan. When I watched him, I was just blown away. It's one of those things where it's like, if you could fast forward and I could watch three snaps of AJ Dylan back in August, I just he'd be off my board. And same thing with Acres. But you, you know, you don't know that. And as soon as you see it, you go up. Ah, yep, that's 
it's terrible. And Dylan, that's where he is right now. And I'm I'm just completely out at this point. I've got him in a 14 teamer. I'm holding him, but that's it. Yep. Two other teams we have to check status on David Montgomery and the Lions, and then uh Kenneth Gadewell and the Eagles. About the Eagles, can they put the genie back in the bottle with DeAndre Swift? Got two touches in week one. Even if Gainwell plays, how can you how can you keep him so limited at this point in time? He's he clearly can play with this offensive line at least. The results from the other night were nothing less than shocking. And I'm not going to say shocking because I don't think Swift has the chops because I think he mm-hmm. does. But week one, I was very concerned about the fact that now he's got two coaching staffs that don't want to give him the ball when they have that opportunity to. Yeah. And then he steps up the other night and has a monster game. Pro Football Focus has him right now as the seventh best runner in the league. Um, graded out through two weeks. Um, the only concern for me is whenever he's gotten a significant workload, he's gotten hurt. Now, I'm not here to be the uh, pr- injury predictor guy. That's not the point of the comment. The point is there has to be a reason that these coaching staffs have seen him and don't want to yep. give him a full load. He's a terrible pass blocker as far as I can tell, um, and that's a PFF grade as well. But, you know, you can't, to answer your question, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. you got to give him some touches. And if he breaks down, he breaks down because he looked too darn good. You just Agreed. can't stop that. And, and Kenneth Gainwell, there's obviously some things he does that the coaches like. And so that could be a pass blocking thing. I don't know that, but it all could also just be a, um, hey, we can count on him to take the play where it's designed and we can count on him to do the things that we ask a running back to do. And I'm guessing that's part of the problem with Dan Campbell in Detroit, why he shipped Swift out, is because the coaching staffs are looking at him and saying, we want you to do X, Y, and Z on this play, and you did everything but. So yep. there has to be some frustrations there. I, I can only guess at that. But at this point, the performance that he turned in, I don't think you can put that back in the bottle. I think you have to go with it. And I think, though, that it turns into a timeshare, not necessarily Swift just taking over, but I think we're going to see a true 50-50 split. Indeed. Um, let's move on to wide receivers. Uh, but quick note, we're on the Blue Wire Network. We always play their ads at this point. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thank you for your patience with that. All right, let's talk wide receivers. So Jamar Chase, Garrett Wilson, both of our, our their, their stock is down clearly because of their quarterback situation. That I think we can acknowledge. The, I think the real question is how far down? Regress to what now? Like, how, What sort of volume can we put on them? Well, <laughs> for Garrett Wilson, I said it as soon as Rodgers went down, I said, just get rid of Garrett Wilson. He just He wasn't productive with Zach Wilson last year. Mm-hmm. He had his moments. But he, I just I don't want anything to do with Garrett Wilson at this point. I don't want to put him in my lineup because I mean last week, as wild as it sounds, the guy catches a long touchdown and his value actually went down because he got eight targets, caught only two of them, and what seventy some of the, of his eighty three yards was the long touchdown. So I don't know how you can put him in your lineup and have any confidence whatsoever. Now they get the New England Patriots next do you really want to start him against Belichick and the Patriots? So it kind of just goes like that. Like, okay, well, when can I start him? When can I feel like he's a reasonable guy to have in my lineup? He's too talented to just say, okay, go ahead and drop him. But I always talk about roster, um, uh, you know, roster spots and waiver wire bombs. I'm not saying you should drop Garrett Wilson, but I'm not, not saying it either. I mean, what, what do we really think we're going to see from Zach Wilson at this point? We know what he is and the jets keep saying that he's still the guy. So, um, but as far as a fair trade, that's the problem. I don't think you're going to get one. Yeah. I I mean, I, I'd get a, I'd get a Midland RB two if I needed one, you know, I, I would get a tight end if I needed one. I, I know it sounds silly and I'm not trying to be reactive. I'm really not. But if you watch Zach Wilson, how much better is he going to get? I mean, he played a lot last year, and I think it's probably helped a little bit to have Aaron Rodgers in the quarterback room. And, mm-hmm. of course, experience always helps. But eight targets and two catches, I just I'm – not, I'm not interested in Garrett Wilson whatsoever in any way. I don't think he's a buy low except in Dynasty. That's This is – for redraft, I think his season is a wash, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it, it's – I hate doing that. I hate saying it, but I think you're right. Um I, there's no one coming in either. That's the other thing. There's no one walking in. There. I don't think Jameis no. Winston's going to get traded him. Jameis Winston would be enough to make me excited again, by the way. Um, yeah. Heck, I'd be excited if they brought Carson Winston. He knows how to get the football out. I'm not saying he's a good quarterback, but he knows how to throw the football. Yeah. I What did I put? I put Garrett Wilson at eight, at 19 this week. Uh, ahead of T. Higgins, because see, also quarterback situation. Like kind of in that DJ Moore, Chris Godwin range. I, I, I you could go lower. I could see it, uh, but it, it gets pretty sketchy there too. I mean, there, there's, 
you know, it's just a lot of our, a uh, lot of our, oh, we've got my four guys all set. We're good here. Oh, that's been rocked. <laughs> my world has been rocked already in a lot yeah. of these cases. Yeah. Well, and Jamar Chase, you know, he's got 17 targets, but he's only got 10 catches for 70 scoreless yards. Yep. Horrendous start to the season for him. And as we talked about earlier, how will that get any better in the next month? So I was in a home league. Uh, I wrote, I put this on my Patreon the other night, but in a home league, I'm, a guy really needs a quarterback in my league. And so he, I've got Tua and Herbert, and he's one of them. And I'm looking at his roster. I'm like, I don't really love anybody on your roster. He's got Jamar Chase. And I'm like, well, I would love to trade for Jamar Chase. But I'm one and one. My team is not lighting the world on fire. So mm-hmm. can you trade for a guy like Jamar Chase at this point and say, I'm going to wait a month on him? If you can, great. If you got this like amazing team, go for it. Go to the guy who's got Burrow or Chase and see what you can do. But I want the Bengals to manage this right. I don't have the faith that they will. And even if they do, before the situation resolves itself, we're eating turkey and watching the Packers on TV and or the Lions on TV. And I just think that that is a huge gamble to make. Now, maybe yeah. it's sooner than that. Maybe it's you know, middle of October, end of October, maybe he sits a week and he feels a lot better. I don't know. But do you want to count on that? Chase is at this point, that's tough too, but it's different than Garrett Wilson and that I can see it resolving itself to have a last night, you know, six to eight weeks at the end of the season, or maybe if you buy low now, he's a, he's a good target. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it really is like how strong your team is and you know, what, what sort of long view you're capable of taking short view Puka Nakua. Um, yeah, everybody's favorite fantasy topic. Every radio show I appear on, we, I get a Puka Nakua question. I, I think they're going to, even when cup comes back, they're going to find a role for him still. Obviously he's kind of in the cup role. So that, that, that's going to be a direct drop. But, uh, at the same time, I think they're going to find a way. It's just, and it's the question is what, and when, when do you try to estimate when cup's going to come back? Cause it may not necessarily be week five. It may not, and McVeigh, you know, tells us untruths from time to time about, yeah, I'm <laughs> trying to be polite, but yeah, he lies to us a lot, so we don't know what's going to happen. The one good thing I heard out of uh, McVeigh's mouth, though, about Cup was they shut him down just so that he couldn't push to come back quicker, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, that's that's pretty good because you're managing the player by saying, now you're done now for four weeks, now you have to take it easy, yeah. so I'm hoping that that means he comes back. So Puka at this point is he's on pace for such a ridiculous number that of course we're going to see some regression here and maybe even Monday night in Cincinnati if uh, Joe Burrow doesn't play. But right now pro football focus has him graded out as the sixth best wide receiver in the NFL. He's eighth in the league at 3.06 yards per routes run. Now we don't have enough of a sample size for that yards per route run number to really be um, a locked in you know indicator. But anytime you can play two NFL games as a rookie and have a yards per route run over three, uh, you know how to play football. His target market share is insane. He's at uh, 41% for the season. That is incredible. So or, or it might have been 41% week one and 38% week two. Uh, I might be, I'm pulling those numbers off the top of my mm-hmm. head, sorry. But regardless, anything you know above 30% is ridiculous. So I don't think he's going away when Cooper Cup comes back at all. In fact, I think that it's going to impact Cooper Cup more uh, than it will uh, Puka. 
But what I'm what I'm really seeing here though is I love Tutu Atwell, but there just aren't going to be enough balls to go around between Cup and Puka. So I think that at this point, this is going to hurt me to say, but Puka's value is never going to be higher than it is right now. I know he's awesome and I want to hold him, but I've got a home league where I'm just absolutely loaded with seven really good wide receivers. I got no problem trading him if it brings you a really nice return because the hype at this point for a guy that caught 15 balls last week is out of control. He's going to come back to earth and have his six for 30 or five for 41 or whatever. Um, You know, dangle him out there, see what you can get. But I do think long-term this Rams offense is still setting up to be a barn burner. You know, that's, that's not something we thought we'd say, but here we are. Yeah, well, I, I remember another Rams offense that was a barn burner that people didn't expect uh, at one point in time too, and people yes, who were slow to react to that missed out on a, quite a fun year. But uh, mm-hmm. that happens all the time. Uh, before we hit uh, Kyle Pitts, everybody's favorite topic, we got to do one more commercial note. Sorry about that, folks. We're going to hit that up real quick here. Uh, football is back. Kick off the NFL season with vivid seats and score tickets to all the hottest matchups and the biggest games of the year. Catch every pass, every tackle, and every heart-pounding play of your favorite team live and in person. And with Vivid Seats Rewards, now you earn rewards with every single purchase. Each ticket you buy gets you closer to your reward. Just buy 10 tickets and simply cash in your credit towards your 11th ticket purchase. It's that easy. Plus, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code ROTOWIRE. That's code R-O-T-O-W-I-R-E. From the 50-yard line to the upper deck, Vivid Seats has great tickets for all the 2023 games that matter to you. Just visit vividseats.com or download the app today. All right, I'm here with Drew Davenport. Uh, you can check out his Patreon at Fantasy Football Lawyer. Uh, Kyle Pitts again. Here we are. It's week three. He looked looked like there were some promising signs in week one, and last week was a big nothing burger. They are throwing more to Jonu Smith than they were to Pitts. I think they're kind of throwing over Pitts and Smith at the same time. I think one of my problems is uh, I'm, I was unimpressed with the quarterback play, but it's frustration time again. I even at the discounted rate that we got pit sometimes in some leagues, I'm still uh, really frustrated. Yeah. And the same problem is still there. That it was the same two problems are still there Mm -hmm. that, that were there last year. And you alluded to one of them. That's the quarterback play because Kyle Pitts is still running routes on 90% of the Atlanta dropbacks. That's, that's the number you want to see. You want to see him over 80% as Dwayne McFarlane likes to say. But he's over 90% in both games. He's got a 16% target share from the offense. But therein lies the problem. They don't throw the ball enough. So even a 16% target share is not getting you enough. He's got eight targets through two games. And Jonu Smith has six. So, again, they're splitting up these targets here. And the main problem that you alluded to, the quarterback issue, 58% of his targets have been deemed catchable at this point. So, you know, you're talking about five of his eight targets have been deemed catchable. And that's just not a number you want to see. You can't see that number be in the 50s. We knew this, though, about Desmond Ritter. He's not necessarily a super talented passer. Now he can get better. He can improve. But is he going to improve enough that that catchable target rate is going to shoot up? And are they going to throw enough that that target uh, market share is going to matter? And I think he's going to have some nice games. But that's the problem with Kyle Pitts. He's going to have some nice games. He's going to make you hang on. And then he's going to disappear with three for 19. So he just, in my mind, he's the kind of guy, and I say this all the time, I'm worse, I'm I'm quicker on this than most. But I love waiver wire bombs. I love dropping a guy like Kyle Pitts. 
because there are people out there that can give me the production he can without the frustration. Guys like Logan Thomas or, um, you know, Hunter Henry was a guy that you could add off the wire after week one. Now you yeah. can't anymore. Uh, but there are guys like that out there who are, who are productive tight ends. Uh, we'll get to a guy here in just a second when I talk about a streamer here. But there are guys that you can pick up. You don't need to sit there and wait on Kyle Pitts to ruin your season for six weeks before you decide he can't be on your roster. Right. So he's going to have some nice games, but let somebody else pick him up and enjoy that 15 points he gets and then be frustrated by the three, five, and seven that follow it up. I hear you on that. Who's your streamer that you're hinting at here? Um, the guy I'm looking at this week is Kate Otten. Me too. Um, playing on Monday night. Oh, hey. Hey, guys, we didn't plan that, I promise. Yeah. Um, Kate Otten, you know, put up six for 41 last week. He's playing the snaps and running the routes that we want to see. Philadelphia has been super generous to tight ends so far. It's a small sample size, obviously, through two games. But, hey, six for 41 in a PPR league 10 points. That's exactly what you want out of your tight end. I think he looks like a good bet this week against Philly. Yeah, it'll probably be a lot of throwing to try to catch up. Um, I, it was Hunter Henry's game in week one that opened my eyes to this possibility. I mean, you expect Hawkinson to do his damage, and then he, he did damage plus, obviously. Mm-hmm. But still, Henry, you know, he looked great against them. And I was like, oh, oh. So, uh, yeah, I'm on board. You Give bet. me some out in there. For Heck sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I promised some Q&A. Are you up for grabbing a few of these before we head out? Sure. Yeah, All absolutely. Right. All right, we got a lot, a lot of angst out there. A lot of people asking. Uh, <laughs> so let's go into it. K9 says, should I trade Sanders, da- Gabriel Davis, and David Njoku for James Cook and Pickens? He already has Laporta. He lost Chubb. Sanders, Davis, and Njoku for Cook and Pickens. Is that uh, Miles Sanders? Yes. I, I um, think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't know another Sanders, but I just sometimes yeah. Colonel. Okay, I, um, <laughs> I, I think I would do that. I mean, it depends on the rest of your roster, but I think I would do that. Yeah, all right. I mean, um, and Joku's not been performing like we thought, and that's tied to Deshaun Watson, obviously. Gabe Davis, you're trading him off of a nice game, which is something you want to do with Gabe Davis. So, um, yeah. Cook has been one of those guys that I was very nervous about. I tried to get some of him preseason just because i knew that if he was a guy that you know that blew up i wouldn't want to have none of him but i like how they're scheming up some throws for him i thought week one it was more of a check down type of thing but this week when i watched him they schemed up some throws for him i like that i love that they care about that that he's getting the targets that's never been a thing that the bills do with josh allen but they're doing it now and that's that's what we want to see um so absolutely i would do that all right uh and he has laporta who i love I, I really was impressed. I, I came away really impressed watching the rewatch of that game uh, and seeing what he could do. KJ Frederick says, start two, Kelly, Gus Bus, Algier, or Kareem Hunt. I think we can cross off Hunt for at least this week. Um, mm-hmm. So Kelly, Gus Edwards, or Tyler Algier, which two are you starting? I'm starting um, Kelly right out of the gate, and yeah. I want to make sure that I know uh, Atlanta's got uh, Detroit. Yeah, I, I don't. I would not do that either. One of the teams that I think is underrated as far as run defense goes, and that's the Detroit Lions. They mm-hmm. over the second half of last year, they were one of the toughest against fantasy uh, for fantasy points against running backs, and I think that that has held up so far this year as well. They were pretty tough against Ken Walker. If he doesn't, uh, you know, put in a couple short touchdowns, Ken Walker has a rough game this week. Yep, um, uh, against against a tough uh, Detroit front. So I think it, it's weird. Dan Campbell 
made a couple shifts in the midseason last year of guys that weren't doing what he wanted them to do, and suddenly their run defense went through the roof. It did. So for me, it's Kelly and Gus Edwards there. Yeah, and I saw some rumblings of Justice Hill being a little banged up too, so no justice, some peace. All right, uh, let's go to C.D. <laughs> Smitty who says, should I trade Mostert for Chris Godwin? Um, Raheem Mostert, another sell-high possibility here. This is like perfect kind of confluence of sell-high here, Godwin coming off a bad game. What say you? Yeah, I like where Godwin's at right now, so I absolutely do this deal. Yep. Raheem Mostert's the kind of guy who – looks great for short stretches and then he gets banged up or inexplicably Mike McDaniel stops using him. You know, last year that happened at various times. And also don't forget that Jeff Wilson's coming back in a couple weeks. And what I've heard is that he's coming right off the IR should be ready to go in week five. So I absolutely make that deal. Godwin's numbers haven't been what you want as far as like his fantasy production goes, but right now he's running plenty of routes. He's, um, you know, leading the team in routes run. He's still got over a 20% target share at this point. So there's really nothing more you can ask for. He got some end zone targets this week and just didn't connect. So Godwin's big games are coming. He's going to be fine. Baker Mayfield is playing, dare I say, very well right now. So Godwin's numbers are coming. Absolutely. All right. Let's keep rolling here. Hudson George says, need three, full PPR, Ridley, Addison, Puka Nakua, and Drake London. Who's the odd man out here? Um, people are going to hate me, but, uh, it's probably Drake London just because I don't like the inconsistency. The one thing I want to caution you about on two of these guys, I think you got to put Puka in there. You you just have to until he cools off and we see something more like a normal player, but right now he's hot. Just, you got to keep him in there. Ridley faces Houston this week. And one of the things I've been talking about is that teams that face Houston, they take a little haircut on uh, passing yardage and and receiving yards because teams run the ball so well against uh, Houston that and and their offense has been so bad that nobody really has to do anything and so their pass defense is right in the middle of the pack as far as like the talent of the defense but just fantasy wise you take a haircut there so I'm not saying you bench Ridley but just have your expectations managed there Jordan Addison the problem with him is he's still third on this team in snaps and routes run. They like what KJ Osborne's bringing to the field. A lot of people are speculating it's blocking. So um, again, the hyper efficiency from Addison worries me. So if you're concerned about that, he only had three catches last week, but he scored in both games, even though he's playing third. So if you're worried about that, London's okay. Uh, But my pick is London's the odd man out. All right. Joaquin says, got quarterback fields, running back Henry, uh, Tony Jones Jr., A.J. Dillon, Jalen Warren, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. you know, it's tough to go through this when you're looking at a roster here, a full roster here. Um, he, he just lost Nick Chubb, basically. He's like, what do you do for running for a running back 10-team full PPR? I mean, basically, if Tony Jones is already rostered in this league, you're already digging pretty deep. Mm-hmm. That's the problem, and I don't know that I love Tony Jones anyway because I no. think they're going to give Kendra Miller a nice long runway to get ramped up this week as well. Yep. So I, it's really hard to dig deep. The only thing I'm going to do there, in a especially in a 10-teamer, if you're that deep already, is just I'm looking for some stashes, some guys that are like guys like Bam Knight, those kind of guys who may um, show out Gary Brightwell, something like that where a, a guy, you can just put them on your bench and wait and see if they're going to become relevant. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, let's take 
three more and then we got to let you go because i'm under promising and you're over delivering i said 45 minutes we're at 55 hey Uh, as long as i can get my hair cut by eight o'clock i'm good all right good 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 uh i got mine last week my like once every three weeks just (laughs) get it all down and mow it down and we're good captain joking says um should i trade garrett wilson amari cooper and sam laporta for aj brown that's a pretty heavy price I will say that you're buying low on AJ Brown and that's what you want to be doing. I don't care whatsoever about Garrett Wilson getting rid of him, but I think Amari Cooper, like we alluded to earlier in the show, does have a connection with Deshaun Watson. I think better days are ahead for the Browns passing game. I Mm -hmm. hate giving up Sam Laporta there. Boy, um, I don't know that I would give up all three of those guys for AJ Brown, but if you have the depth, I don't mind it because of the fact that you're buying low on A.J. Brown and he is such a difference maker, we haven't seen the same passing proficiency from the Eagles yet. I think they're figuring out their play calling and Hertz is figuring out um, what what he's doing in that offense now. So I think you're buying low, but that's a really heavy price. My gut is to say no, but if you're super deep and you can afford to, then I'm always for trading three pieces for one when you're getting the one. Uh, and yeah, he's a stud. just a question if he is the one. You know, I think that's right. just the question yeah. there. For uh, sure. Draco Juice says, I have Gus Edwards, Algier, Brita, P. Ryan, uh, and Pierce. Needs to start two of these. Oh, I know I know how you're feeling right now, Draco. Um, I, I have these yep. similar questions. So I think I'm going to take p ryan out of there just because of the fact that he didn't touch the ball in the first half last week that really concerns me i don't know what happened there Mm -hmm. because in week one he was getting a lot of the high leverage work the short down and distance long down and distance uh, passing work and i don't know what happened this past week so i i want to see what the usage is like for denver going forward before i do that again Um, and out tyler algier he came in and got some goal line carries in week one week two that flipped to b john robinson and at this point, if Algier isn't getting those inside the 10 uh, rushes like he did week one, and also he's got the tough matchup, as I already mentioned, with Detroit, I'm Xing him out as well. So um, who does he? how many does he need? Two? Just two. Two. So I think, as odd as it may sound, I think I'm going back to the well with uh, Damian Pierce, even though he hasn't been playing very well. And um, I think I'm going to go with Matt Breida because Gus Edwards is really touchdown dependent. Even though he had 12 points this past week, he only got 10 carries Mm -hmm. and despite managing 60 yards on it, he scored, which made his day look all right, but you're going to get a lot of three to six point games out of Gus Edwards. I'd rather go for the upside with Breida and hope he catches some passes. And then let's see what Damian Pierce does for one more week. Yep. And decent matchup against Jacksonville. So I, Mm -hmm. I think that you maybe maybe they fix some things. All right. Last question. Uh, and I apologize to those that we did not get to. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. I think both of our sites have uh, a- asking services. And of course, ranking. Of course, we always have weekly rankings to consult as well. But uh, Department Thug says, should I trade Jalen Hurts for Josh Jacobs and Kirk Cousins? Already has Jefferson and Hawkinson. He has Gibbs, Walker, Brian Robinson, uh, and Gus Edwards as his back. So, um, does he need that upgrade uh, at running back enough to downgrade that much at, at quarterback and, and then have the the, co- the correlation there? I don't know. I, I, I think I'd probably hold on to Hurts. What say you? I'd hold on to Hurts too. Josh Jacobs hasn't been very impressive either. And if we go back to next-gen stats, 
he's also one of the lowest in the league over two games. Now, I know he had a bad game last week, so that's skewing the results a little bit. But Mm -hmm. he is also one of the lowest in rush yards over expected through two games. And I think that's one of the things that we see when a guy touches the ball 400 times the previous year is that he's a little bit dead the next year. And that's what we're seeing so far. I'm not saying that that's going to hold up for 17 weeks. Maybe he's all right. Maybe it's just a brutal matchup. But I it's I don't like it enough to go trade for him. I think you're quote unquote buying low, but you're also buying high on Kirk Cousins, who's had a, a, a mental two weeks to start the season. I just wouldn't do that. I I hold on to Hertz. If Hertz was doing the things that he did last year, going crazy, uh, you wouldn't want to do that. So uh, just wait for Hertz to break out. He got a couple touchdowns this past week. It's coming for Jalen Hertz. Indeed, I 100% agree with that. We're going to wrap it up with that. Again, you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Jeff underscore Erickson. Drew's at Drew Travenport FF. Uh, you, you, he also does uh, the Fancy Football Lawyer. Uh, it's his Patreon. Uh, he's at Football Guys. Uh, he's got his show, uh, the, the Auction Brief Podcast. All of these are outlets you can ask these questions. Of course, consult our, our expert services, our, uh, our lineup questions to do, uh, our lineup ranking system to, for those, those that we did not get to. Apologize. Can't possibly get to all of them. I appreciate the volume here. It was really good stuff. Drew, really good stuff. Thank you so much for spending an hour of your time with me and, uh, and your expertise and your wisdom. Hey, Jeff, I really appreciate you, um, you know, giving me a chance to uh, get that stuff out there that I'm working on. So thank you very much for that. And thank you for the invite. I had a blast talking about all that stuff. It's always fun talking football. Uh, I you love bet. doing it there. All right. That's Drew Davenport, everybody. Uh, tune in tomorrow. We've got John and Mario. Thanks again for listening to RotoWire. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.